Christopher. Yes, RJ. I have some bad news. What's wrong? We have to reboot the podcast. What? I'm dying, Christopher. No, no, how? What, what happened? The sponsors, they, they don't like the format that we had. We were too vulgar. We were too sexual. We had way, way, way too many things off topic. Oh, that's, that's, that's preposterous. No, I'm, I'm dying, Christopher. But I'm never going to get to see you again. You will, just in a different form. In, it's, it's the way that the we go. Us Time Lords, we... We travel through space and time, and we take brand new forms once we reach that peak moment. What am I gonna do without you? Just take my hand. Take my hand and run. When you see the next person that comes after me, you'll know, and you'll be able to continue. All by myself? No. Because both of us, Christopher, we're both going to regenerate. We're both going to reboot this podcast. What are we going to look like on the other side? Hopefully not Ginger. Ginger isn't that bad. Well, for you, maybe. But, but dude, if I, if I turn into a Ginger, I- imagine how crazy that would be. A red-headed Asian? What the heck? Well, that'd be something new. I mean, <laughs> I'm dying. Oh, uh, uh, uh. Uh, yes. So, just remember, live long and prosper Use the force, and all good things must eventually come to an end. <laughs> I thought I'd be dealing with this so much better. It's okay. And remember, even though you don't want to go, we all have to at one point or another. For some reason, I have November rain in my head right now. Even though we're listening to this awesome well, orchestral thing. Let's just take the guitars, and here we go. I don't want to go, but I have to. No! Ah, arms, legs, feet, eyes. Oh, we're good. Welcome. Welcome to the new Turnover Podcast. I'm RJ. I'm Chris. And we are going to just jump right into it because I have this tingly feeling in my body. Yeah, I, I do too. It's kind of like... Describe it. Uh, I've got feet. I'm not ginger. I'm, I'm blonde. What? I'm blonde. Yes, I have, you know, 10 inch shorter hair. Oh, wait, we've had this for a while. Yeah, we have. I'm gonna cut this music now because that's just getting way too much. You know when we, you know when we first started doing this, I had hair past my shoulders. I was 20 pounds heavier, Mm -hmm. and you had dark hair. Yes. And now you have blonde hair. Mm -hmm. I'm 20 pounds lighter, and I have you know hair way above my shoulders. And I feel like we've just taken the conversation. To a whole new level. Yes. So, you know, we this is the official new beginning of the turnover. Season one. Season one? That was season zero. Yes. The okay. previous, what you've just heard in the past, which may or may not still exist on the internet. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll be we'll be working on that. We're gonna have a, a special director's cut, you know, DVD. You, you know, can buy that on ever, eBay. If we ever have a Patreon, uh, Patreon, this that'd be good to have archives to season zero. Yes. So farewell <laughs> to season zero and welcome to the official season one. It's gonna be a good time. Don't believe what Anchor says. Anchor may have said that was season one. It's it's not. We've We've uh, tweaked some things. We've reworked some stuff. We're going to have a talk with those anchor people at some point. Yeah, we are now sponsored by GEICO. GEICO, the official insurance of people who need insurance. (laughs) If you haven't caught on, we're not actually sponsored by GEICO. I'm just wearing a shirt that says GEICO. Yes. It's a nice shirt. Thank you. You know, since we're basically in that limbo with the NBA season where we're past the draft we're past free agency this is just where shit gets weird like how weird to the point where on reddit there's a conspiracy theory that Kawhi leonard could theoretically enter canada illegally to avoid playing for the raptors where, where in canada can you enter illegally well, well that's a good question like would you be going up through montana or something i don't i don't know because every bridge i think is heavily or i guess as heavily guarded as it could be it's is he gonna is Kawhi's or Kawhi's people gonna dig him a tunnel uncle dennis <laughs> uncle dennis if is it is his real name do we even know who he like actually his like, name is dennis robertson have we seen pictures of him no i just i know he was in on the uh the meeting with masai ujiri i don't think he's real you don't think he's real no here's a this new is... conspiracy theory he, there is no uncle dennis this is just something he made up or maybe Oh, geez, I don't want to do this. <laughs> no, Kawhi is Uncle Dennis. He's just, it's a figment of his imagination. This is like Psycho, it's except like, it's not with his mother. It's with his uncle. Or it could be like Fight Club. Oh, yeah, that could be true. Where there, there actually is no Uncle Dennis. It's just Kawhi imagining somebody next to him, and he's actually saying everything. I like that one better, yeah. Okay, this is this is Kawhi's Fight Club. Oh, yeah, also, spoiler, if you haven't seen Fight Club. Oh. <laughs> Oops. But at this point, you should have seen Fight Club. It's because been, like, 18 years or something, right? We have broke the first rule, though. Oh, you don't talk about Fight Club. You just broke it again. Oh, I broke it two times. That's okay. So so let's, let's think about this. If Kawhi, let's say he has a helicopter, since we were talking about <laughs> helicopters earlier. Yes. Let's say he gets Eric Bischoff to lend him a helicopter. <laughs> flies over... Yeah, let's say Montana drops him strategically right, maybe like two miles away from hey, the border. Hey, can, well, can you, when you're talking about this, can we implement the WCW Monday Nitro music? <laughs> so I, I want to think about Kawhi like parachuting out of a helicopter with down, 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 down. And we are live in Tampa Bay. <laughs> Welcome, WCW. And also, no, that'd be weird though. So Kawhi. Now I'm picturing like Grand Theft Auto though, so the music might change. Right, right. <laughs> so Kawhi's parachuting down two miles from the Canadian border in Montana. How would he? Would he just walk it? I mean, I think he'd have to walk it. I'm, I'm picturing him backpack. Doesn't he have like what was his injury though? Oh, it was a it was a hip injury, right? Yeah. So would that or would that not aggravate the hip? Depends on how he, he'll have to just land on the other leg. Well, then he's walking two miles, though, and it's Montana, and I'm assuming there's mountains. That's true. I don't know. Let's. Oh, wait. No, he should parachute. He should be on the back of somebody else. Just find some seven-footer. He should be par- take the brunt of the He ball. should be parachuting with uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Yes. <laughs> and then Valanciunas, like, 
piggybacks him over. Well, no, because then technically they both get busted for crossing illegally. Because Valanciunas isn't a Canadian citizen. No, he's not. Oh, wait. Okay, who's a seven-foot Canadian? I... Chad Kroger. <laughs> Chad Kroger. He's seven feet. He's not seven foot, but well, he's, we, we, he's Canadian. We could, yeah, we could... I mean, we don't care. If, well, it's the Kawhi thing isn't for our, our own good. I'd like to see Kawhi play for the Raptors, but... I personally do not. I just don't think he fits in that team. I think... See... He's missing an opportunity to be the best player in the Eastern Conference. I think, though, what he's done right now is he's tainted his reputation. He's made himself look like locker room cancer. And I would be really hesitant if I was an NBA GM, Magic Johnson, to even think about signing him, Magic Johnson. Because you don't take a guy like this who claims to be the best player, who wants to step up, and then all of a sudden decides to just give up on your team, Magic Johnson. (laughs) And, And then he go through all this crazy batshit media circus magic johnson to declare your love for some other team and some other gm magic johnson <laughs> <laughs> it's just not right no i i agree and i i would be hesitant to sign him if i was magic johnson he'd have to really make a concerted effort this year to be a, a team player to not piss anybody off but he doesn't have the right people in his ear telling him to do that i mean he'd have to if he got rid of his uncle or any of the other people around him and brought in a new circle and they were just focused on, we're going to do PR repair for Kawhi this year. And he really made a concerted effort at the end of the year. You know, he was good. Then I'd consider it. You know who I think uncle Dennis really is. Uncle Drew. This is Tyree. (laughs) No. (laughs) Uncle Dennis is magic Johnson. Oh my God. What a conspiracy. That's right. Allegedly, just because we don't want to get in trouble. But can you it, imagine? It's just like they're they're at some award show, or they're, no, they're in some room, and and then it's just like Kawhi's like, "You're finally gonna meet Uncle Dennis," and then in through the door walks a guy in a trench coat and a hat, and he takes the hat off, and it's Magic Johnson. Dun dun dun. <laughs> to be continued. Yeah, to be con- that could be like a whole crazy like spy thriller. Oh, that'd be. That'd be intra- that'd, that'd be good. <laughs> Dude, think about it. It'd be perfect. You have parachuting into Montana, crossing the Canadian border. You have Magic Johnson in the back, like, in one of those, like, typical rooms where it's, like, super dark. You can only see his hand, and he's got a cat on his lap. <laughs> or no, he's got Luke Walton on his lap. Luke Walton. <laughs> and he's just, kind of, he's just kind of running his fingers around Luke Walton's, like, golden locks. Golden locks. <laughs> they're not golden. They're brown. They're but, brownish, yeah. But he's got... The man's got a good head of hair. He does. He does. And he's he's just thinking. And he's got like the... Now I'm just picturing like Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. Oh, right, right, right. And he's trying to like plot his revenge against uh, Greg Popovich for some reason or yeah. another. Do they have any beef, Magic and Popovich? I don't really think so. You know what is... They're, they're two, I mean, decent human beings. I mean, yeah. You know, what, you know what does surprise me though is um, apparently... Um, David Robinson, the Admiral, reached out to Kawhi Leonard beforehand to try and talk to him, and Kawhi and his party did not respond. Yeah, and I heard about that on the jump yesterday. Doesn't surprise me, although you can't. I wouldn't be. Sh- that, I wouldn't be though. showing that. I wouldn't be showing disrespect like that to Spurs legend David Robinson. You can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Say, how do you not call? That'd be like if. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hakeem Olajuwon called Yao Ming or T-Mac just to like talk and they blew him off completely. But what about uh, calling James Harden or Chris Paul? Well, I was thinking like way, way back. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I could see T-Mac possibly blowing him off. Well, no, he wouldn't. You know what? T-Mac, for all his laziness and injuries and whatnot, he's not he's not a bad guy. Maybe if it was like Scottie Pippen trying to call T-Mac. Yeah. If, it, if it was like end of the line Charles Barkley trying to call T-Mac. <laughs> Maybe. That, that, I want to hear that conversation. Listen here, T-Mac. <laughs> you got to step up. You can't go to San Antonio. They got the big old women in San Antonio. <laughs> Dude. I still can't believe he can get away with saying that. Yeah. Well, what, that was several years ago now, right? Yeah. He's kind of apologized for it, but... More swept, tried to sweep it under the rug. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, I guess it's it's kind of why Charles Barkley does not do social media. Because he... Uh, if Charles Barkley did social media, imagine his Twitter account. Oh, my... He, he would have done it in his early years, and he probably would have gotten in big trouble. Yeah. Right? Because you know, if you give Charles Barkley, I mean, he, he goes on TV, he speaks at specific times. If you give him the, the power to say anything he wants at any time that's on his mind. Well, I mean, you know, we see it every day with the president of the United States. But imagine Charles Barkley. That'd be a fun exchange, actually. Oh, my God. That would be a fun Twitter exchange. You fool. <laughs> rings, Ernie. <laughs> rings, Ernie. How many rings? How many rings Donald Trump have? Rings, Ernie. Oh, that's Shaq, actually. That says rings, Ernie. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Oh, man. Fantasyland. Yes. You know, um, speaking of the Rockets, they are projected to sign one Carmeloith Antonius. It, it's happened already. Oh, yeah. It has just happened. And their, win pre- uh, their winning percentage has projected to plummet. You know, if they re-sign Clint Capella, then I, I like their chances a little more. But if they if this is their last move, I'm not so sure. I, I mean, you, as good as Chris Paul and James Harden are, it's adding Mello, isn't the No. You've, you've lost Ariza. You've lost Mba Mute. It's, they were a big part of what you did. The Rockets don't need ISO ball, though, especially because look at who they're coaching. Or who's coaching them right now. Right. And remember the last time Carmelo was out, and then he came back to a D'Antoni system, Ugh. and Lynn Sanity fell apart? Yeah, that's... I'm just hoping that they it's can... It's like history almost repeating itself. You he's ha- got, well, Carmelo has to accept that he's in a different place in his career. He has to accept that he has to pass the ball. And possibly come off the bench. <laughs> yes, he can't... How much did they even sign him for? I think it's like $2 million or something. Okay, Good. Because anything higher than that, I would have been like, why? Yeah. Also, why hasn't that money gone to Clint Capella yet? Yeah, I, I'm... I don't know. I He, well... Can he take... Is he rest, he's restricted or, un, uh, or unrestricted? I thought he was unrestricted. Yeah. Well, he should, he, should, he should have gotten a bigger deal by now, but too many people were waiting to see what was happening with LeBron and... These other guys. And, and no one wants to play for the Clippers anymore because you don't want to share the building opposite of LeBron anymore. Yeah. Well, Do you know Ka- that um, Kawhi might. <laughs> well, you know that Tobias Harris turned down like eighty million from the Clippers? Where'd he end up? I don't think anyone signed him yet, but the Clippers offered him eighty million and he said no. Oh, he should have taken the money. <laughs> to play for the I don't think anyone would take 
anything to play for the Clippers at this point. You know, Jerry West is in the front office, though. I have some sort of faith that that team's going to turn around in a few years. I feel like he's just there just so he can try and break away from the whole, oh, yeah, you were working for the Warriors and you had well, a stacked team. Well, he, he was a big part of building that Warriors team. Yeah, and I think he wants to like prove he can do it anywhere and not just like stay on the bandwagon of Golden State. Well, from what I heard, the the reason he left is Clippers offered him more money and that old school 60s 70s uh mentality. They didn't we they weren't paid millions of dollars back then. Mm. You know, you you were basically paid just how a regular person working a full-time job would be would be paid maybe yeah. well probably more than that but um just this old school mentality of the the money is the most important thing kind of thing and he he felt a little insulted that the warriors didn't want to keep him around and that's why he left that's always been a major concern for me is like integrity versus like the money yeah well it's i i think it's i don't know I, I mean, I get where he's coming from, but I, I, I think he would have been better off staying with Golden State. Yeah, and I mean, if you want to talk about loyalty, Dirk just inked another deal for his 21st season with the Mavs. That's going to be a... Re- so I know Robert Parrish has the longest reign of like 22 years, right? I think Dirk has the longest in terms of modern day NBA. Yeah. that And that's a testament to itself because he's been around for a lot of the lows and a lot of the highs, especially... I remember when he was a young lad and him and Steve Nash had those in-sync haircuts. Oh, geez. Yeah, they looked like a a giant boy band. Dude, and it worked. I kind (laughs) of, to be fair, I feel like I would have rooted for the Mavs had Nash stayed in Dallas. That would have been something. That would have, I would have grown up hating myself. Possibly. Not that I hate the Mavs, it's just... Well, you you have you have people down there that are telling you who to hate in in Texas. I have family in Houston, so they are automatically Rockets fans and not fans of any Dallas teams. Well, they aren't they neutral towards the Spurs. Well, yeah, apparently everyone loves the Spurs. No one no one really hates the Spurs unless you're a LeBron fan. Right? Yeah. No, I like the Spurs. <laughs> yeah, they're a team. They can't go wrong. Apparently, until now. <laughs> well, that's that's not. A, doesn't sound like it's completely their fault. No, it's it's definitely not. Just remember Kawhi. Third mountain on the left. Bring a parachute. <laughs> Look for Chad Kroger. He'll be there. And when they ask when they, when they ask for ID at the Canadian border, he'll just say, "Look at this graph." <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, that's what that's what's going to happen. Chad Kroger's going to be like, "Look at this graph." And then they'll be so distracted that Kawhi'll just sneak past them. <laughs> Yeah, and the point is he's supposed to get caught anyway because then apparently according to like federal law and blah, 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 uh, there's, I'll link well, it. I'll link the Reddit thing. It's it's an insane theory. So are there any towns or anything nearby where Kawhi is going to be walking across the border? Just because I have to say Montana is an extremely uh, Caucasian state and a six foot seven black man trying to get across the border might, people might notice him right away. Oh, maybe yeah. maybe we should choose a different maybe like, but you know Minnesota. I, yeah, it's probably a little more or make diverse. Him, make him go up through Maine, well, Washington State. Oh, but then he'd end up by like Vancouver. 
Well, he can. Oh yeah, that that'd be kind of a long trip. <laughs> no, but watch, watch him go cross the border by Vancouver, and it inspire instead of like sending Kawhi back, it inspires Vancouver to bring the Grizzlies back. <laughs> and he plays for them and becomes the star that Steve Francis never was. Oh, the original, the original Russell Westbrook, Steve Francis, the OG Russell Westbrook. Yes. But look, I, th- I feel like. I've told this story before, but oh no, it wasn't Steve Francis. Uh, Robert Horry apparently, and was it Steve Francis? What back in the nineties with the rock? Robert Horry was on the Rockets. He apparently, cat called my cousin walking by the club. Oh wait, you told me that before. Yeah, yeah. This is like nineties, like right right off the heels of their first championship, I think. It's like, hey babe, I'm gonna win six more. <laughs> it's like up. Oh. You know what's funny too. I went to a Texans Patriots game down there, mm-hmm. and their guest of honor, Robert Horry. Man, so he's he's really loved down there, huh? I he goes he's another guy that he he was a ring chaser, and nobody ever calls him out on that. Well, he's he's really successful at it. Yeah, two with the Rockets, three with the Lakers, three with the Spurs. Yeah, because I think he has, no, no, no. Well, he, he, has, he has seven. He has yeah, seven. seven. So he won two with the Spurs then. Yeah, I remember those years. <laughs> I remember them clearly. Shoving poor Steve Nash through the table. Him and Bruce Bowen. You still you still can't get over. I hate Bruce Bowen still for that. <laughs> I don't care if we wear stupid bow ties now. I still am mad at Bruce Bowen for that. Is your dislike of Jalen Rose something he did on that Suns team? Because he was on that Suns team. No, that, I just... That was his last season. No, my I don't really dislike Jalen Rose or no wait yeah I do because he was terrible on the Bulls oh yeah right 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 well he was only there for half a season right yeah he was the OG Rose that let us down <laughs> not that Derek did anything wrong according to Jabari Parker which was a very good very good response to from the media to the media by the way Jabari Parker was trying to get baited by the fake liberal news media trying to produce fake news on Jabari Parker and Derrick Rose. But no, Jabari stood his ground. The media was trying to say, so do you think Derrick actually, you know, let the, let the city down, wasn't really successful? And he said no. He said Derrick Rose is basically the greatest basketball player. He did his job. And I 100% agree. You can't, you can't fault Derrick for those injuries. You can only fault Tibbs. Yeah. It's interesting. They're they're these younger players that, especially from Chicago, that look up to Derrick Rose. He was kind of a mentor to them. Yeah, they kind of look at him as like like a a band that was only around for a few years, but had like two out al- two albums that just. Re- Derrick Rose is like the Joy Division. Yes, he's like Joy Division or the Stone Roses or one of those bands yeah. that just like weren't around for long, but they made a massive impact and influenced a whole generation to come. Derrick Rose is like how the smiths influenced oasis yes he is basically not morrissey johnny marr yes like he influ- like johnny marr yes does that make jabari noel gallagher maybe well no it, we need another it needs to be another point guard hmm patrick beverly no if patrick beverly isn't noel gallagher <laughs> maybe maybe this person hasn't come along yet maybe it's donovan mitchell i don't know Hmm. Wait, is Donovan Mitchell from here? No. 
then no, I do not agree. Okay. It's got to be a Chicago guy. Yeah, that's true. The Manchester thing. Because we have to have, one day, we'll have that all Chicago team. Jabari. D-Rose off the bench. Patrick Beverly. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. And some other player to be named later when we figure out who would fill that three spot. Michael Porter. No, I'm just... No, I was like, What? He's he's I, I heard just they, because he lived here doesn't mean he's from here. No, I heard they just uh, Denver just ruled him out for the season. Yep. Poor guy. I hope I hope he bounces back and has a has a decent career. I hope he bounces back, but doesn't beat us in the season or playoffs. Well, listen, nobody's going to blame us ever for not taking him because 13 other teams passed on him as well. Where we if we really expect Gar Pax to be like that clairvoyant where our expectations are too high there was also this thread though of garpax apparently knowing what they were doing this entire time it it goes down to even way before like the season when we still had jimmy butler and they were contemplating that trade apparently according to this analysis garpax played the salary cap perfectly by getting rondo and wade and knowing that their contracts were going to be expendable and then signing basically what's his name he's not even here anymore kilpatrick oh yeah sean kilpatrick and then also uh fake bobby portis who we got from portland for like half the season noah vonley yeah they knew they knew they were expendable they just got the guys they got the salary the salaries back and now it turned into levine's extension it turned into basically a pretty decent deal for jabari and they still have some room to possibly flirt with the idea of getting an Anthony Davis. Yeah. So they may or may not know what they're actually doing. But my theory about this, it's not Garpax. It's Doug Collins pulling all the strings. I think you might be right about that. Doug Collins is our Jerry West. I th- I Yes, I would agree with that. Okay, so I was thinking. So my brother sent me a text and... He laid out how he would, <laughs> yeah. if he if he owned the team if he owned the team. So mm-hmm. he'd make, uh, Doug Collins either VP or general manager, probably. Yeah. Uh, Becky Hammond as coach, which I, th- I think would be really interesting, and then Joe Kim Noah would be the official spokesperson. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but I was thinking, if if things go south in Toronto, like this whole Kawhi thing, if Masai Ujiri gets fired. Think of Doug Collins as vice president and Masai Ujiri as general manager. Hmm. I mean, he's put together some good teams. He hasn't won a championship, but he's really determined to win. Yeah. And that's my, more than you could say than Gar and Pax. My problem with him, though, is he wasn't willing to blow up the Raptors two years ago when they absolutely should have. And now they're deciding to go for a rebuild, sort of, with Kawhi Leonard. A player that a well, lot of teams... It's better than, than Wade and Rondo. <laughs> yeah, but if you look, if you think about it, too, in this post I saw, it was like 4D chess, where, yeah, sure, it looks like it's a terrible move now, but essentially what they had was you had Butler, Rondo, Wade. Hey, if they make a run, great. If they don't, expendable. You right. can blow up the team easily. Unless they trade Kawhi at the deadline and get assets. Yes, which I honestly, okay, realistically, 
Kawhi plays like 10 games. You think he's only going to play 10 games? I'm giving him 10 games. Wow. That would be something. First, he's not, he won't be going to the Lakers next summer. Well, here's how I think it'll play out. First two games, comes out, comes out swinging. He looks like that all-star that should have been with the Spurs still. Mm-hmm. He makes the Spurs regret even letting him go. Game three, he dips. He flirts with a double-double, but it's not quite there. Yeah. Fourth game in, plays 10 minutes. Claims to have some kind of lingering um, soreness. Yes. Five, bounces completely back. People forget about it. People are like, oh, wait a minute. It was just a ruse. He's going to be the superstar that Toronto gets all over again. Him and Lowry are going to dominate the All-Star game. No. Seven, eight, nine. Slowly and slowly, his stats go from, let's say, 20 and twenty and 12, 18 and 10, 16 and 3. Just lower and lower and lower. By the 10th game. 5 and 2. <laughs> no, by the 10th game, comes in for a minute, re-aggravates that injury. Comes out within three oh, minutes. Man, that would be devastating. Press conference. Shows up. Coach shows up. Sits down. Kawhi has been ruled out for this season due to aggravating injury. Will be assessed by the doctors. MRIs, x-rays, laser beams. <laughs> laser beams? <laughs> I was thinking Space Jam. There's a scene in Space Jam where they're like, man, I've been MRI'd, EKG'd, x-rayed, laser beam. Still can't find anything wrong with us. It wasn't a dream. It, it really, really happened. happened. Speaking of that. Do you know that Charles Barkley broke every promise he made in church after that movie? Oh yeah, I saw something about that. He yeah, broke, I'll I'll never gamble again. So let's 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 look, take a look at that. I promise I'll never swear again. Broken. I'll never trash talk. Broken. I think I don't think gambling was part of it. Oh okay. It might have been. So I'll so never swear, never trash talk, never go out with Madonna. We have to find that out. Our research department is hard at work on that. I'm sure. I didn't even know he went out with Madonna. Well, Dennis Rodman did. Oh, God. You know what else Dennis Rodman wants to do? He wants to take Kanye to North Korea. Oh, God. Yeah, imagine that. That'll be be the meeting. The meeting. That's what's going to cause nuclear war. (laughs) It's Kanye. No, it's going to be Kanye tweeting. In North Korea, and they're gonna be like, "Hey, don't say that." Like, you can't, you can't tell me what to do. New Kanye Adidas, go buy them. Click, tweets it. Somehow it passes through North Korea's. In, do they? They don't have internet there, or if well, they do, if they it's do, very it's extremely limited. Yeah, I feel like it. It would be more limited than China's, which is saying a lot. Yeah, because China doesn't even have Google. Oh my! Yeah, what? So they they only got Facebook recently, right? Or have, have, have not they... even I don't even think they have well it's weird because I guess I know some people in Hong Kong that use Facebook a lot so I feel like Hong Kong it's fine mainland China not so much because apparently not apparently you also can't make the mistake of associating Hong Kong with China because technically they are an independently run country mm-hmm. it's just that they I I think it's I feel like it's similar to with like Taiwan where China does kind of have a governing body, but they're still allowed to function as an independent territory. 
I got you. Yeah. Kind of like not so much Puerto Rico in the U.S. Because, yes, Puerto Rico is essentially completely governed by U.S. law. But they are allowed to be their own. It's it's confusing. Uh, yeah. It's something in those in that realm. Countries. It's a thing. Yes. Oh, man. You didn't think we'd get educational on you in this podcast. That's, that's the reboot, baby. It's the <laughs> reboot. We're going to go reading Rainbow on you next episode. I can be anything. You know that that show actually got canceled for being too educational? Really? Yes. What? Yeah. So, because the host was LeVar Burton, right? Yeah. The uh, the blind dude from Star Trek. Yes. What's his, what was his name in Star Trek? I forget. I uh, And he was also in that, there was that, sh- there was that miniseries Roots. Okay. About, you know, the slavery and whatnot. It was in the late 70s. That was like his big breakout That's, deal. Let's not go depressing route. Let's go Star Trek route I'm just again. talking about the history of, Le- of the great LeVar Burton. I know. Whose name, whose first name has been soiled by another LeVar in recent times. Oh, God. <laughs> Captain. Can you imagine that? Yeah. You, put, you put LeVar Paul <laughs> into Star Trek. Captain. Warp speed. Undefeated. We're going to take these pylons and we're going to beat them. 270 benching 5 million kilograms you need to work on that for youtube right now i'm not putting lavar ball in star trek lavar burton has gotten lavar ball hate tweets before people you know adding him they're they're <laughs> adding lavar burton instead of lavar because they're not they're not looking and realizing what they're doing all of you need to apologize right now if you've ever accidentally hate tweeted lavar burton for lavar ball that's that's wrong they should Star Trek should make LeVar Burton Nikes and sell them. <laughs> and the proceeds should go to charity right now. Yes. Should go to kids who can't read good. <laughs> what? <laughs> the Zoolander. Probably an Ill- illiteracy foundation, probably, RJ. Well, no. You know, kids Zoolander. Kids who can't read good. No. Have you ever watched Zoolander? Oh, no. I haven't. Sorry. What? Sorry. Oh, my heart. Well, it- you've never seen stuff like Psycho and like classic movies like that. I understand the references though, because they have been referenced in other modern. Oh works. yeah, you know it through Family Guy and 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 other stuff. Millennials would would know. Aren't we both millennials? Yes, we are. I'm just <laughs> technically millennial extends to the age of 38 at the time of this recording. Oh okay, I thought it was like 1984 was the start of millennials. No, 1984 was the start of our doomsday. I can't let you do that, Dave. I can't let you do that. You talking about David Lee Roth? Oh, no, wait. Might as well jump. I was thinking about, okay, no, 1984, the book. All right. But then I was just quoting 2001, A Space Odyssey. And that was like 1969. (laughs) Dude, everything is, God, I go back, when you go back and watch those old things, like there was a really old Bugs Bunny cartoon where they travel to the future in the year 2000. and And Elmer Fudd's got like a laser gun. Right. Because I thought that's what 2000 would look like. And you look at actual 2000, it's like, well, damn, we didn't have any of this. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, we're just getting to the point where we might have something like that. Yeah, we're not even at, like, Jetsons level yet. Yeah. I can't tap on my briefcase and it becomes my spaceship that takes me places. If you look at every early part of a decade, it closely resembles the previous decade. Like, the early 2000s. We're still hanging along. We're still hanging on to a lot of late '90s shit. Yep. It, it didn't really become the 2000s until the midway point. 
Same with the 60s. Once the Beatles came along, it was the 60s. Before that, it was still kind of the 50s. Yeah. The only the only decade I can think of, actually the only two decades I can think of where things really changed right away was the 80s and then the the 2010s. The 2010s. That's I, so weird to say. Cuz I well, if you look at it, I feel like there was a lot of things that happened like right away like EDM and all this other stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that came in and, you know, indie kind of just faded out immediately. And it was, yeah. So those are the two decades. Because the early 90s, well, you could say by 92, things were starting to get along. But fashion-wise, that was a really weird period. Like 90, 91. Yeah. There was, I mean, that, that was really painful. <laughs> you know who I feel bad for in the nine, early 90s is no doubt. Oh, they lost their singer. There was that, but there was also the fact that they were trying to compete with like, I think it was closer to maybe like 94, 95 is when they first started like playing more shows, right? Well, I mean, they, they, that's when they broke out. They had the, you know, what was the album that had Just Tragic Kingdom? Yeah, Tragic Kingdom came out because they had an album before that. They were still trying to find themselves. Yeah, I have that album, which is a really good album, really good debut good, yeah. album. But I was watching documentaries and like the behind the music and the members and like Gwen were saying the hardest thing for them to do as a band was trying to compete with other bands in like 92 93 94 because here you have like happy poppy trumpets and brass instruments yeah the ska sound of no doubt juxtapose that with yeah, that, was, that was the sound of the time alice in chains are we gonna try to try to vocal or harmonize something? Okay, let's. W- which song? I don't know. I was just gonna just just start start mock singing <laughs> Alice in Chains and yeah, I'll harmonize to it. Here come the rooster. Yeah. I honestly love that harmony, like the Jerry Cantrell and Lane together. Yeah. And even now, I feel like I feel like the heart of Alice in Chains vocals is really. It's Jerry Cantrell. Well, he, he wrote all the songs, too. Yeah. So. Like, it's crazy that it's his harmonies that became kind of the staple. Yeah. To me, personally, anyway. No, I, I agree. And that's why that band can work now is because, I mean, he is the heart and soul of that band. Yeah. And, and Lane was great, and he had a very distinctive voice. But if Jerry had died and not Lane, that they wouldn't be around right now. If Jerry had died... Lane would have probably followed soon because yeah, probably. just drama in the heart of the music industry. Yeah, there's certain people listening to this podcast right now who don't want me talking about death and Alice in Chains probably. Oh, there's also <laughs> certain people that are probably like, what's Alice in Chains? Yeah. Go look it up. <laughs> it's not a person. Them bones. <laughs> Rooster. Voices, which I actually really liked off that, that new it's not new anymore but oh the previous one the devil put dinosaurs well, here. The, the best one there is stone the that riff that was that was some nice riffage right there i to me when i first heard that entire album i listened to it and i i compared it which is a stupid thing to do but i compared it to their previous stuff and I also compared it to previous performances and I was like, holy shit, what happened? Right. Like, how did they go from 
semi because I mean not to knock on William Duvall but early early Alice in Chains with William it seemed just kind of off like he was still trying to find his voice yeah especially playing live and then it really like if you watch something from like early 2000s of him trying to sing them bones compared to now it's almost like a whole new different singer right the way he finally finds like his moments to belt out yeah well the thing and i don't like when people criticize because i you know you look at clips of him them playing live and he's very um animated yeah and people like oh well this isn't lane and all that it's like he's a completely different person yeah if he you know he's he's a different guy you know lane might have just stood there and you know probably one of the only reasons he stood there is because he was drugged out of his mind but um (laughs) not judging him or anything that was just who he was but you know william duvall's a different guy if he wants to go out and be more of a showman and everything that's who he is yeah it's like trying to compare sammy hagar and david lee roth exactly yeah it's it's two different things and i think he's done a great job in that band yeah and i mean sometimes you have the singers that can perform and be a good showman david lee roth and then you have the singers that can you know actually, actually sing, sing really well <laughs> sammy hagar yes am i the only one that kind of liked gary sharon oh i i actually had a a thing i was just thinking about gary sharon van halen the other day oh, hulk, hulk hogan's uh wcw theme music sounds like it would have been a gary sharon era van halen song oh no you know what i want to do i want to i want someone to like remaster van halen 3 because I feel like with the right mix, it would work. There is some good stuff on that. I mean, yeah, there's certain people that are going to be listening to this hearing me say that. I already <laughs> know who you're thinking of. But, um, no, so, I mean, Without You is a cool song. Mm-hmm. Um, there's even other stuff like, uh, and it's like a total ballad kind of thing. But that song Once I thought was kind of cool. It's all like, right. The keyboard and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's... I mean, I would have gotten rid of... I can't believe we're going into detail about Van Halen 3. <laughs> I mean, someone has I to. I don't like Dirty Water Dog. What? I I kind of... I, I don't know. I don't know why I'm even trying to defend Gary Sharon. Well, the thing is, okay, he's he's a good singer. He was just... You can just tell he was totally not in his comfort zone on that album. He was also basically told what to do the entire tour. Yeah. And you, the entire time he was in that band. You know who produced that album? It's a guy who had never produced a rock album before. Oh, no. Wait, who is this, it? This guy named Mike Post who did TV jingles. And Eddie just brought him in, basically, so he could control the whole thing himself. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, But what what was it? Yeah, I, I Eddie was really good. And I think it was because Glenn Ballard was doing... Uh, he was producing the second Alanis Morissette album at the time, but I don't know why Glenn Ballard didn't produce that album because it would have sounded a lot better. Yeah. Well, at that point too, I was reading, I've, I dug into a lot of Van Halen interviews and yeah, I, I did a to. whole critical analysis of them. And essentially it comes down to just Eddie wanting to keep things like within a small circle, which I understand because yeah. back then the record industry would do anything to try to get, artists to do whatever they wanted yeah and even some artists well the other thing too that you can argue is there are some instances where the record company should not have pushed for something but then there's some that if they hadn't you wouldn't have had a breakout hit that's true yeah 
and a lot of these examples escape me because we're still focused on Gary Sharon. <laughs> there was a second album that with Sharon they were working on. Yeah, I just never saw the light of and day. And the guy who supposedly was producing it, this guy named Danny Korchmar, who produced, I mean, he worked with Billy Joel and Carole King in the 70s, who are good, but it's not hard rock at all. So I, yeah. I think he was an interesting. But the song that became, you remember when they came back with Sammy in the early 2000s, that song, It's About Time? Yeah. So that was a... Uh, uh, originally the instrumental that was going to be on the second Sharon album it was called something else and then and then they i mean yeah it had a different title and lyrics and everything and then they just took the you know instrumental of that and gave it to sammy yeah well i think on. the nice thing about van halen is they have so many things recorded even back from the 70s because that that other album with david lee roth that came out some of those riffs were had been around since like yeah well michael anthony said that it's like these were a lot of these were demos we did before Van Halen won. Yeah, exactly. I yeah, there's it's I think Eddie Van Halen probably has a prince sized archive. Yeah, of, I can of see music that. in probably when when he passes on is when we'll get to hear all that. Oh god, the estate's going to be like, "Oh hey, by the way, here's a new Van Halen quote unquote record. Uh, I'm the sure unreleased demo. I'm sure his son will be uh in sh- will be in charge of it. Hopefully, because Wol- yeah, Wolfie seems like a like a cool guy. He seems like he's level headed enough to understand the weight and responsibility of all of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think he'd do a good job. Unlike some estates, Jimi Hendrix's estate. Oh geez, they just if they find anything it's just like oh this is we're probably about to get sued right now for calling <laughs> them out i don't care how dare you not let let that movie with andre 3000 use actual Jimi hendrix songs that seemed like a good movie yeah that would have been that would have been cool it would have been perfect but no that was like the closest i think to a Jimi hendrix representation too because andre 3000 surprisingly pulled that off really well yeah i i've still never seen it but it I've seen bits and pieces because it, it is kind of it, it is kind of hard to watch without hearing actual Hendrix music in it because I feel like they just took the most generic royalty-free stuff and stuck oh. it in there. Even when he's playing guitar, they couldn't even let him play Jimmy's riffs. It was oh, all man. just some kind of generic bluesy-sounding thing. But he pulled it off. He pulled off the voice. Yeah, I, I don't know why they wouldn't want uh, his music in there. It was, it was because that they weren't going to get paid. I think, um, well, it's Hendrix's estate, so they probably wanted like a ridiculous amount just to even clear the licensing. Yeah, his isn't doesn't his sister control the estate right now? Yes. Okay. It's moving on. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what I also am looking forward to seeing though in November is the Queen biopic of Freddie Mercury. Oh yeah, that looks like it's gonna be pretty good. I was originally bummed that Sasha Baron Cohen wasn't gonna play freddie mercury but that new actor that they have is doing a really good job from what i've seen yeah yeah i've seen yeah i've seen a couple really short clips and it looks like it's pretty promising you know what's scary is the guy that's playing brian may i feel like they just took brian may from the past and put him in this movie (laughs) he's no he looks and sounds exactly like him oh wow it's terrifying yeah it's almost like they dubbed brian may's voice into him but i know that's not Right, that would have been that would have taken too much time and effort. Yeah, God, these movies are getting 
it's nice that these movies and the technology is getting better to produce stuff like this because I feel like one day we'll be able to actually replicate something that's 99% historically accurate with all these past bands and stuff. Yeah. It's just that unfortunately it's probably going to be like the biopic of Panic at the Disco. Oh, geez. Well, I'm one. There's probably going to be some sort of Nirvana movie at some point. I feel. Uh, I've, there's just been too much Nirvana stuff over the years. They gotta give it a rest. It's like I get it. It ne- yeah. It needs to just kind of chill for a little bit. Let's yeah. let as painful as this is for me to say. Let's let the 18 year olds 20 years from now discover Nirvana again. Yes. Yeah. That's that'll that's that's a good idea. <laughs> I don't want to be old. I'm not old, damn it. I'm not old. No, it's just, you know, I think we're at, uh, I think everybody uh, our age feels this way at this point in their life where all, you know, new types of music come in and it's just like, this wasn't how it was in my day. I don't even know what, I mean, I'm not knocking modern music, but Rob had mentioned that hip hop basically is going through this trend of triplet rapping. Triplet rapping. Or all everything, just like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of like what trap is too, or not what not, not what trap is, but that's usually accompanies a trap beat. I don't know what that means. You don't know what trap means? You know, it, it's the well. I don't know. I'll I'll I'll, I'll explain. To you I probably later. heard the beats. I just it's what every hip hop beat has now. It's just like that really sharp snare sound. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's that's kind of like to this generation what you know hair metal was to the '80s. Ariana Grande actually has a trap beat then in her newest album. Right. It bothers me because it just feels out of place when it's like with singers for some reason. Yeah. Or well, I mean, I think I'm just I think it's just becoming so oversaturated, like what you said with with hair metal and that electronic snare. I feel like we're going through that '80s thing again, where it's just too digital sounding yeah we need to go through a revival of like acoustic well i think well i think what's yeah that's gonna happen i don't know what's what the music is gonna it's gonna be but uh probably gonna happen the early part of the next decade it'll probably be i'm almost thinking there's gonna be some sort of mainstream jazz revival or something you know what we need what's dying is like drummers like real drummers yeah Come on, Quest Love, get on that. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Don't hate on Quest. I'm not I'm not hating on him. I'm saying he's a real drummer and he could probably springboard something. He's too busy with Jimmy Fallon. That's true. He's too busy playing those guessing game karaoke things with celebrities. And he's probably making a, a lot of money for to do it. Yeah. No, he's still actively doing projects on the side. I right. Feel- I feel like it just goes under the radar because it's like, oh, Questlove and the Roots on the Jimmy Fallon show every weeknight at 10.30 p.m. on NBC. That deserves nice to be... Nice plug. Hey, I don't even know if that's the proper term or the proper name of the show, the proper time slot. What, the t- Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon? That one. I stopped. Or actually not even stopped. I just... I don't know. I just don't watch Jimmy Fallon or actively try to watch Jimmy Fallon. I haven't watched him in a long time. Only when it's like clips from YouTube that blow up the next day is when I'll watch it. But other than that, I mean, I'm paying attention to Conan, Colbert. Yeah. I've even given like the, I've even given James Corden's show more attention, I think. He's he's got a good show. He was basically the big man on Doctor Who, the companion with the baby. 
Yes. I will never forget that. Yeah, well, that's where a lot of us first met him was Craig. Just like Andrew Garfield was not just Spider-Man, he was the coal miner with a fake New York accent. All right. Take that, nerds. <laughs> I don't know why I took a shot right there. I'm sorry. Oh, but since we were on the topic of music, I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, Billy Joe Armstrong, famous for playing the Les Paul Juniors, who had a signature Les Paul Jr. from Gibson, Mm-hmm. has released a new version oh it is trash it's trash calling it out it, it's it's not even a les paul jr it's a les paul jr shape with a big ass unnecessary pick guard and a humbucker instead of a p90 yeah it's just a it's a it's a 57 classic oh wow and get this it is it can be yours for fourteen hundred dollars what which is, uh, I think, $200 more than what his original Les Paul Jr. signature went for with a P90 in it. Oh, man. Or technically, I guess, P100 because it was noise canceling. <laughs> and it had a customized case and blah, blah, blah. I don't even think this comes with a case, like a hard shell case. I right. think it might come with a gig bag. So this is... Uh... I'm angry. It genuinely made me angry <laughs> when I saw this. So, yeah. No, I, I don't know what to say. Well, Gibson is so in the toilet at this point that they're looking for anything. Gibson is the Seattle Supersonics of guitar makers at this point. Where are they going to be? What are they going to be renamed? What are they going to be moved to? Oklahoma City. No, I hope not. <laughs> well, not. Uh, I don't know. Just hopefully not overseas because then they would become like Gibson China. The Hong, The Hong Kong Gibsons. The Hong, I feel like they had a factory in Hong Kong though. Like they probably did. It's ah, uh, I'm just so it's frustrating. Like I want to be interested in the guitar companies I grew up loving, but it's just so hard. Yeah, well, especially when there's other companies making better products. Hi, Paul Reed Smith. We would love to be a spot. We would love to be sponsored by you. <laughs> we could bring your guitars on this show and play them, talk about them. Or, That'd be pretty sweet if we got sent guitars every week to review. Or Reverend guitars. Heck, I'll play. I'll play Reverend, that signature Billy Corgan. That Reverend nice. GNL. Any of those companies. GNL is technically is it is it owned by Fender still or no? No, they've never been owned by Fender. But I thought Leo started. Leo started it, but Leo hasn't. Leo, oh, but they were never actually part of Fender. No, because Leo sold Fender to CBS in the '60s, and then. I knew about that though. I'm just saying tisk tisk to that era. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, no. He he. Um. I think it was because he had some sort of health issue, and he didn't think he was going to be able to do it for for a you know long period of time. He sold it, and then he got better, and then but he didn't want to like just be a consultant with Fender. But at the same time, he couldn't start another guitar company for like ten years. He had a no compete clause. Yeah. So that's when he went as sort of an undercover agent at Music Man. Oh, and he wasn't listed as the creator, but he was basically creating everything for them. And then, once his no complete P clause, uh, dry, you know, expired, he started GNL. Damn. Yeah, that's sneaky. Yeah. So he, uh, the GNL. How are we getting on guitars on this on this sports podcast? Shh. 
just just roll with it. We've, okay. We've only isolated about seventy percent of the audience at this point. So all the all the uh, all, all the uh, instruments of G and L are basically uh, the continuation of his creations at Fender. Interesting. Yeah, like the ASAT uh, special was his last. You know, say on a Telecaster, the ASAT special are like those huge magnetic field pickups. Okay. Uh, similar to a P90, but more a little. They're basically just fat single coils. So, moral of the story is, guitar companies are going forward, but the big honchos are kind of stuck in the past. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's just like, it's like I don't know. It's you could compare it to classic cars or something. I don't know. Yeah, which is funny enough because Fender was using the same paint as classic cars back in the day. Right. And now, now it's looked out upon because of quote unquote lead poisoning. <laughs> okay, whatever. No, <laughs> they did have some pretty cool colors though. They did, yeah. That Billy Joe Armstrong. I keep wanting to say Billy Joel, <laughs> but he's not. <laughs> Only the good die young. That new Billy Joe uh, Armstrong Les Paul Jr. though, it does come in some pretty nice colors, but for what you're getting, if it was like eight hundred bucks, would you be knocking it then? If it was 800 bucks i still would not buy it yeah i mean would w- would you say okay for somebody that wants a guitar like that would that be reasonable well here's the other thing that killed me in this interview he was saying he was saying it's a budget it's a budget-friendly guitar aimed at beginners and kids so you can do whatever you want to it carve your name into it put stickers on it i'm like if i'm buying a guitar for 1400 dollars with a gibson name on it i am not carving anything into no. it i am not setting it on fire i am not putting a sticker on it is there an epiphone version that's cheaper <laughs> surprisingly no wow even slash is like all about the epiphones too him and joe bonamassa they're they're like epiphone happy right like i feel like every every so often i see a video joe bonamassa comes out, he's like hey kids i've got a new uh epiphone here <laughs> the imitation is that is that dead on or is it not at all no i just it, but it matches his personality yeah, perfectly like, hey kids i've got a new uh uh, so I'm turning like Jeff Goldblum with it. You try, it sounds like you're trying to talk like if, I mean, Scott Stapp doesn't sound that way talking. It's like you're trying to talk sing Scott Stapp. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, he, he comes on, though, and he's like, hey, kids, I've got a got a new Epiphone here. And uh, actually, no, you're 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 that's probably how Jeff Sessions Jeff Sessions sounded when he was 30 years old. Oh, God. Let's let's get away from that. <laughs> I'm just going to I just ended the conversation by mentioning Jeff Sessions. Yeah. How do you go from Joe Bonamassa to Jeff Sessions? I want Keebler Elf cookies now. That's that's all I yes. want. Keebler. They were your childhood, damn it. Wait, who said that? Somebody said that recently. They were like, oh, Butch Hartman. Butch Hartman did? Do you remember, you know Butch Hartman, creator of Fairly Odd Parents? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I wasn't ever a huge Fairly Odd Parents person, but... So I... recently it's been coming out that he's actually been an egotistical douche. Oh, okay. Well, not surprising with people that work in... Anyway, keep going. So he uh, started a Kickstarter, right, for his own streaming service. Uh-huh. And he recently left Nickelodeon. And Oh, yeah, I know about this guy, yeah. Yeah, so he left Nickelodeon, and unbeknownst to a lot of people, he was probably the most difficult person to work with. He was very egotistical. There were stories coming out about, like, him inviting fans back to his hotel room. Mm-hmm. And... He even had like, he said something along the lines of, 
why or people were saying why should we trust you with this new streaming service and his response was you trusted me with your childhood you can trust me with your future like seriously he said that or Mm -hmm. wow and so this whole streaming service thing uh his patreon had you know how they have rewards for patreon yeah so his rewards apparently were the most egotistical rewards ever like you get you can like get facetime with him or you can um chat with him or blah 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 Mm -hmm. it wasn't like i don't know it didn't feel like the fans were getting anything that wasn't involving him directly right which is weird um some stories came out about how he claimed that everything was a one-man band and he did everything at nickelodeon by himself but he completely discredited all the actual animators and writers and staff he had is he one of these people that feels like he should have gotten the credit for everything but he wasn't as looked upon at the time well well here's the thing with him too another red flag people were saying is you know how most animators they jokingly draw themselves in a self-deprecating way yeah he would never he always drew himself as like a big strong hero whenever he would do caricatures of himself yeah and there was another there was another point somebody made about how it just i don't know he just it seemed like he was a nice guy but in reality he, oh he also had a uh hidden christian agenda with oh him and his wife interesting they actually have like a non-profit and his goal with this oh the goal with the streaming service sorry to go back and forth with this the streaming service is to create wholesome family-friendly content ah which it might turn into like basically the christian programming streaming service Hmm. And there was some controversy with this recently. So it was being funded. It didn't look like they were going to make their goal. And a lot of people were like, oh, okay. And at first, too, he didn't mention anything about it other than it's just a streaming service pr- with original content that he will create. It's like, okay, cool. So we'll expect like more Fairly Odd Parents or Danny Phantom, whatever. So, first red flag it's like a couple days before the campaign ends and it's still underfunded. But then magically, in a day or two, they exceed the goals and expectations. Right. Which a lot of people were thinking, wait a minute, this is Butch Hartman. He has, like, basically Nickelodeon money rolling around. He yeah. probably just funneled that in himself. Could have been, allegedly. Yeah, yeah. And then the next thing that people didn't know is he came out with the family-friendly, wholesome content thing after the whole Kickstarter project. So a lot of people are pissed. Well, a lot of like LGBT groups and everything were like, I didn't know I was funding Christian programs. Oh, right, right. So people were demanding refunds and that wasn't happening. So are, is it, are there are people going to take him to court or something? I don't know what's going to happen. It's just a very, very interesting, controversial he thing. Sounds like a very dishonest person. It just sucks because he made a lot of really good TV shows that we grew up with, but he kind of might have some hidden agendas and whatnot. Right, right. So the moral of the story, kids, Cosmo and Wanda are not your friends. (laughs) No, but you know, just, I don't like leaving this on a dark note, but they're the voice actor for, voice actress for Timmy Turner, Tara Strong. Mm Mm-hmm. You've probably heard her in like a ton of other shows. She was Bubbles from Powerpuff Girls. Oh, yeah. Her yeah. voice. Tommy from Rugrats. So the original voice of Timmy Turner was done by another woman who is actually, she actually did all the female voices in South Park before she passed away. Mm-hmm. And unbeknownst to me at the time, I didn't know she committed suicide. Oh, I, I didn't just, know that either. I just heard that she died. She passed away. 
So Butch Hartman actually told Tara Strong that actress committed suicide because of her. I was like, whoa, dude. Wait, wait, wait. Can you say that again? I'm a little confused. So Butch Hartman told the current voice actress of Timmy Turner that the previous one committed suicide because of her. Wait, did they know each other? Yeah, they were friends. Oh my god. What a But dick. something along the lines of that. This is all this is all just reports and I mean, you can do the searches online and stuff, but it's just that's 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 really bad. It's just not that's oh god, is that going to be the title of this episode? Butch Hartman is not your friend? <laughs> I can't say that. That's not allegedly not the first episode of season 1. No, this is just the reboot. So we we went from like dark and depressing to high energy to now. Let's end on something good. Let's let's find let's let's end on a, a a funny topic. Okay. Oh, well, Cleveland, our favorite city. Oh yeah. So Cleveland, uh, at uh at is it all DMVs or just one DMV? I think just the Cleveland DMVs in general. I think they're putting uh, cardboard cutouts of LeBron James in a Lakers jersey at the area where you take your driver's license picture to make sure nobody smiles. Which one, I smile in my DMV photos. Yeah, I do too. Well, I, I, I attempt to. Yeah, I thought you were supposed to. Why do you not, why do people not smile for that? I don't, it's just, well, you got to think of the atmosphere of a DMV. It's not the most, it's the least inviting, happy place on earth, pretty much. So, not Disneyland. It's the opposite of Disneyland, yes. What if Disneyland makes me depressed too? I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I get depressed because of the high prices and all the money I spend. That's true. Oh yeah, the DMV story. I I took uh, Joe Novak there one time. He had okay. to get a license renewed or whatever, and mm-hmm. uh, I drove him over there, and we were there for over an hour. <laughs> oh, maybe w- well over. And then Joe was like fuming as he got up. I'm really sorry, man. It's just it's like, it's okay. I get it. It's the DMV. It's just like, I didn't think it was going to take this long. You know, it's a good one to go to if you manage to fit all the requirements is the Express DMV in Wheaton. Oh, there's an Express DMV. It's so good. It's for like anything like renewals or any quick like license plate stickers and whatnot you need. Is that, the th- is, is that like in an alley? It, no, it's a tiny little, it's a tiny building on the corner by the Wheaton train station. Oh, okay. And it literally says official express DMV and you have to have all your paperwork and stuff ready before you even walk in. So, and the line is like, it took me like 20 minutes to get to the counter, but it was packed. And this was it when it was packed. Right. But I get to the counter and they're just like, okay, let me see this. Let me see this. Let me see this. Okay. Done. Wow. Not even, uh, not even 40 minutes in a DMV quote unquote. And it's, it's an official state one. It just happens to be, express because you have to have like certain requirements done before you go but even if you live in villa park you can or you anybody in the state can go to it okay cool. it's only open certain days though too okay and okay. certain hours so you can't just abuse the power of the express dmv although the nice thing was the dmv here it's like closed mondays right or it's like closed tuesdays you're tra- talking about the one over by schroeder's ace like, hardware like right over yeah right yeah over yeah there. yeah so this express one's actually open that day. Oh, nice! So it's like, ba bam, express DMVs. Yeah. And since we're talking about LeBron and Cleveland, the Bulls actually have signed a Cleveland of their own. What, Antonius Cleveland? Antonius Cleveland, come on down! I want to send that jersey to Joe Kim Noah, a Bulls jersey with Cleveland on the back. Well, it depends on the number too. 
Can you imagine if they gave him number 13? I was just thinking <laughs> that. I was like, oh, he would be so pissed. Oh, my God. They should just... No, I, I mean... Oh, this is this is a dream I had the other night. Uh-oh. This is a dream I had. Okay. You own the Bulls. You got to choose between these two guys. Oh, wait, no. This, this might be taking from something we talked about last week. You got to choose between these two guys... To retire their number, either Dennis Rodman or Kirk Heinrich. Fuck. <laughs> Listen, cause Heinrich. I, 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 I see the argument. I'm not retiring somebody who's associated to North Korea currently. That's true. That's true. If if the North Korea thing hadn't happened, I'd probably be like, yeah, go for it. I'd be like, yeah, of course, Dennis Rodman. He's a legend. But at this point, and see, nobody's ever gonna wear 91 again. See, this is the other thing. The people I've talked to who are not even Bulls fans or not even remotely into the NBA as much as like we are or some of the people we yeah. know, when I talk to them, they know who Kirk Heinrich is. Right. They remember. They're like, oh, yeah, that really good white guy that they had. <laughs> I'm just like, yes, Kirk Heinrich. Yes. Like, whatever happened to him? Is he still there? I'm like, eh. Then I start crying, sobbing in the corner, <laughs> wondering well, why they didn't put him on as assistant coach because. Well, he might be one day. Got to get Randy Brown out of there. Yes. Don't you know where he lives? Yes, I've seen him walking his dog. We're going to his house. I know where Randy Brown lives. I know where Fred Hoiberg lives. We know where you live. Sign Heinrich on your staff. Oh, no. We should go Liam Neeson. I know where you live. And I will find you. And I will make you sign Kirk Heinrich. You sound more like Jimmy Stewart than Liam Neeson right there. Oh, well, 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 you see, well, you see here. Yeah, 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 I'll just Heinrich. Yes. I don't understand how I know who Jimmy Stewart is or why I can do that voice. Like, I can well, do... You've probably seen him in stuff before. I can do voices of, like, old celebrities that I've never heard of just because of, like, the pop culture reference from, like, Looney Tunes. Right, right. I don't know. It's weird. Um, what was it? Okay, so... I guess the only other guys I could think of that you would even consider retiring their jerseys are Derek Rose and Joakim Noah. I would retire Derek's or before Noah. if you wanted to go back in the Wayback Machine. I'm not retiring Ben Gordon. No, <laughs> Tony Kukoc. Oh, man. I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know if... You know, one day, I think many years from now possibly Derek but at this moment I don't know if there's anybody that's that's qualified I feel like Tony Kukoc should be I would the man looks like a doctor at this point yeah but no he's I feel like he was one of the most underrated players especially in that era well he was one of the first Euro shooting three big men yeah like without him we probably would never have had Dirk he, or, was, he was the prototype. Yeah, he was a prototype to Dirk. He was a prototype to even guys like, oh, God, who's, who does Denver have right now? Jokic. Yes. Jokic, Markadin, probably Doncic. All yeah, like guys. all those big European players right now probably look at Tony Kukoc for inspiration. Yeah. Although at this point, I feel like the younger ones that are like Markadin's age look at Dirk. Yeah, no, Dirk is the standard. But Dirk has to look back, though. And also wonder why he didn't copy the haircut, and he ch- instead he chose that in sync ramen noodles look. Oh jeez, you know when 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 
back in the day when Justin had the curly hair, when people said he's going to be the one, I didn't believe it because of the hair. Like yeah. I was like, guy that has hair like that, white guy like that with that hair, not happening. Boom. But, but he sh- he uh, he shaved his head, got you know, redid his look, and it's like okay, yeah. I get it now. He dated pre-psycho Britney Spears, and he's good. Yeah, he's good to go. Wow, that was a complete. That was a journey. That was a journey to get from where we started to Justin Timberlake. Although NBA connection, he is part owner of the Grizzlies. This is true. He Ooh. he was in the uh, recruitment video to resign Mike Conley. Yeah, how did that work out? <laughs> Sigh. Mike Mike Conley's pretty un- underrated. He is. He's just he's, he's getting up. Team. He's just getting up there in age too, and he's getting injury prone. And yeah. Who knows? Maybe he'll be traded to a uh, to a contender one day. Magic Johnson. Yes. So the moral of the story today, kids, is don't cross into Canada illegally. Smile at the DMV. <laughs> don't buy expensive guitars that are going to fall apart on you don't don't uh, donate to butch hartman's well i don't want to slander the man because he's going to come at him and Jimi hendrix's estate is going to come after us at this point but we will say this from this point on the turnover podcast is a satirical comedy podcast all thoughts and opinions of our our own and are not subject to any thoughts and opinions of any employers organizations or other big entities So please remember, everything we say and all the crazy shit we say is hypothetical. There is some news involved, but we are to the news what The Daily Show is to the news. Or Alex Jones. Yes, absolutely. Take your pick. We we encompass all audiences and of all walks of life. Even if you think that water will turn frogs gay. I don't know what to say now. That Comedy, just... <laughs> satiricalness, covering our bases. Thanks again for listening to this reboot. We will not have any intro music like that or any long intros like that next week or in the future, maybe. Well, we need, we're going to have our own intro music at some point. Yeah. So if, you know, like John Mayer, you want to hit us up? I actually have an idea for that. I'll talk to you about it off air. Okay. So until next time, thank you for listening to the Turnover Podcast episode one again (laughs) i've been rj i've been chris wibbly wobbly timey wimey Kawhi leonard to the raptors (laughs) and then then the lakers bye bye